Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes. I'm Jack Kolodzewski, joined as always by Robert Anderson. Hey, hey Robbie. Hey, what's going How's on? How's it going? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm I'm doing well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I'm having a pretty welcome. pretty good time. A uh, uh, very yeah. I good just want to get that out. Like, that you're having such a right off the good bat, time. Get the low hanging fruit out of there. We just saw a good time. Mm, yes. And I had a good time. I had a good time. I had a anxious actually time. no. I had a bad time. It, that movie is it's hard to watch. Okay, so it's a movie that I enjoyed a lot. Yes. Wow. The whole time. I I'm mean, so I, anxious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so good time is the new thriller um, by Josh and Benny. Safdi, Safdi, Safdi. We're good at we're good at pronouncing stuff on this podcast. S A F D I E, I believe. Yeah, Safdi. Yeah. Um, starring Robert Pattinson, Teen Heartthrob. Yeah, Robert Pattinson. Um, and wow, that movie's harrowing. Yeah, I had to the whole car ride. I I kept being like, I don't know if I did like the movie. Because I have, I have some issues with it. I think overall I did really enjoy it. I think it's a very interesting movie. Yeah, it's it's an A24 movie. It's an A24 movie and for it's sure. Yeah. definitely an A24 movie. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, yeah, you want a crime drama thriller with Robert Pattinson? Okay, check this shit out. You want a sci-fi soundtrack too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> soundtrack is awesome. That's probably my favorite part of the movie. Definitely the, the best part is the music. Yeah, the music was I, so good. I actually paused to look it up. During the movie, because I could have sworn it was disaster piece. I thought it was survive or anything okay. like those people. Yeah, I don't know. No, uh, disaster piece did it follows and also Fez. Oh, okay. Yeah, because then survive did um, <coughs> Stranger Things. I right. think they did some music for um, uh, the guest. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's got that like kind of crunchy, like eight bit sort of, but also like synth yeah, eighty synth yeah. Uh, weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of hip hop mixed in there, and yeah. then the closing song, which I guess was also in one of the trailers, uh, is a collaboration between the artist that did the rest of the music, uh, who has like a weird electronic name. I had it up a dead, second dead, ago. Dead mouse. Yeah, it's dead mouse. <laughs> yeah, it's dead mouse five. Dead mouse five. Yeah. Um. It's a collaboration between that artist and Iggy Pop, interestingly. That is, like the, that is the like weird gravelly voice at the end was really? Iggy Pop. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. Um but the music was great though because the, like I said, the whole movie harrowing. Yeah. Very upsetting. The music very much like it uh you know, I, I think anxious is good because that's how I felt during the movie, but the music like the the camera work in the film is very like extreme close up shots. Oh, yeah. You're like behind people a lot, or you're just like you're just like kind of like trapped in chaos, and this like kind of like overbearing, loud foreign music is like playing, and it's the music, the the kind of like just the way the movie portrays itself. It's like it's trying to make you just kind of feel like it's not safe. It's disorienting, also. Yeah, yeah. and definitely. I guess to set up like the general plot of the movie, it is Robert Pattinson and his brother, who is played by uh, Benny Safdie, Saf Safdie, yes. um, are brothers mm-hmm. um, in New York City, right? Uh, they are Connie and Nick Nikas, mm-hmm. living in Queens. Yep, uh, and definitely seem to be. Down on their luck, hard, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're definitely down. Well, I guess it's 
they're, they're, they don't come from, you know. Not well off. They're not well off. Um, um, so they plan a, a bank heist. Right. And, uh. But Nick is, um. Nick is mentally handicapped. Right. Right. So it is, it is Connie and Nick doing this bank heist right. and con- basically Connie like walking Nick through this bank mm-hmm. heist who Nick really doesn't, doesn't know. Seem, yeah, yeah. It doesn't really seem to understand the like consequences of what he's doing, but mm-hmm. he's going along with his brother because the only caretaker it seems like they have otherwise is their grandmother who is very, very old and clearly not capable of doing care. that. Yeah. Right. So it's weird going into this movie. Cause like from the trailers and stuff, it seemed like it was going to be a lot more of a like, emotional sort of movie drama between the two brothers more of like a familial drama kind of thing yeah i definitely thought we would have seen more oh i don't want to get into spoilers but um not quite yet but i there's i i agree i thought it was going to be more of a maybe slow burn um more like kind of familial familial stuff going on Mm -hmm. but the movie's not really that it's much more of like a a seedy character who gets thrown out of orbit, who's right. like trying to do the right thing, but he's a fuck up. Like from the beginning, you know? they fuck up. Yeah. And it is one fuck up leading to another fuck up to get out of the fuck up that you just did. Right. And it's just, it just escalates and it snowballs and mm. everything gets out of control and they pick up characters along the way. Jennifer Jason Lee is there. She's, she's, Good for her, their brief... For her part, yeah. yeah her brief um, part. And Talia Webster, which is her first, I think, role. Right. Uh, according to IMDb, it's her first role. Right. She, she plays she a kills it. 16-year-old girl that they yeah. wind up... That Robert Pattinson winds up meeting along the way and yeah. is helping him for a little bit. But it's basically Robert Pattinson manipulating every single character that oh, he yeah. comes into. He's just like a master liar, right. like sociopath. He's a basically. criminal. Yeah. yeah. He's a criminal through and through. And from the beginning of the movie, it's, it's shown. Mm-hmm. He's a criminal. He is he is good at manipulating people, yeah. and he has this sort of holier than thou sort of perspective because I think he's able to manipulate everyone around him. So well, his like, alibi is also he has a good alibi where it's just like I'm just trying to help my brother, right? You know, and like right. people sympathize with that kind of immediately. You know, they 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 throw that in there that you know they're going to use the money from the bank to want to run away, get a farm, and yeah. be happy. Um, but like really, like who knows? No. Really, because it is yeah. it is a movie about Robert Pattinson manipulating people, and he's fantastic. He's really good. Uh, you know, we I I haven't seen him in anything besides Twilight, so like I didn't. So I, you've seen Twilight? I think I've seen I've seen bits of Twilight. You hadn't seen Terminator Two, but you saw Twilight. I saw bits of Twilight. I Have saw you seen Terminator, bits of Terminator Two. I saw no, I haven't seen any Terminator Two until I did see Terminator Two the other day. No, I can't. You can't, can't even use it. It's over. The ammo's out of my chamber. Oh, bring up Jaws or something. Yeah, I will. Or one Don't of the worry. mummies. Don't I think worry. I've seen the first mummy. The mummies? The first mummy? Who cares? Yeah. I mean, they're fun. They're okay. Anyway, um, I I thought Robert Pattinson was excellent. In he kicks movie. ass yeah. in this he's, movie. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like I said, it's him kind of moving through the entire movie, finding manipulating people. Yeah. yeah. And totally like. He, everyone is disposable to him. Yeah. No, no one, even when you think, because like, you don't necessarily have like, a, like, as you go through a movie, there are times where you're like, well, he has some kind of like bond or something with this person. He won't try and fuck them over. Right. But when push comes to shove, it, he's, they're just like, you know, something to throw off the sinking ship so you don't go down with it. Right. Right. And you constantly see him like cycling through different people right. and, and using them for as much as he can get out of them and then 
totally yeah disregarding them from there uh, the movie very much was was not what i expected i really no. thought it was going to be more about um him having to get a sum of money and him almost like um was that movie crank where jason Thesum has to like keep his heart rate up so he mm-hmm. doesn't die i thought it was going to be like maybe not that pacing but that kind of like trial and error type of action where it's just like I'm going to rob this thing or try to get money right. this way and this doesn't work, this doesn't work. And that's really not the movie at all. No. Like, not at all. No, the movie is very much like, like I said. It's him, like a slice of life in this Yeah, it is. And it's, it's the way that the dialogue is written and shot is very clumsy in a way that feels like it's a slice of life, like real life. Like, yeah. it's him being a fast-talking manipulator, but also scenes where... You know, you have multiple characters interacting with each other. I think the most telling one, without going too far into details yet, is when they are at a bail bondsman's office. I love that. And everybody's guy. just talking over each other and speaking Chaos. like, and yeah. everybody is kind of shitty in their own way, and it's very chaotic. And mm. all of that lends to the feeling of this is flying, this is like coming apart at the seams at all times. What's the name of the Casey Affleck movie that came out last year, towards the end of the year? Manchester by the Sea. This movie, the dialogue reminds me of Manchester by the Sea's yeah. dialogue. Just because, like, uh, it makes that, like, mumblecore vein, but, mumblecore like, vein. in, like, a Queen's accent, like, Queen's accent mumblecore. Very much trying to, like, simulate actual conversations, or, yeah. like, when you're in the lawyer's office and, like, everything's kind of falling to shit because, like, it's confusing, because, like, there's people on the phone trying to, like, shout money yeah. and or, like, figure out, like, who's in prison or not, or things like that, and it just turns into people, like screaming over each other and like seven different conversations are happening at once and it's super disorienting and confusing but that reminds me of like scenes from manchester by the sea because you have these conversations that like they feel so natural because it's just like this is how middle class people would talk and in this situation it's like this is how like kind of like a seedy criminal would talk it felt very realistic in the same way that it was very disorienting and, and weird right right yeah um and the whole thing is just like you said it's anxious yeah dude. it's just like, so anxiety like, inducing I'm like it biting is really, my nails the whole time I'm just like fucking this movie it reminded me a lot actually of Night Nightcrawler I haven't seen Nightcrawler but it is very much that like kind of fast talker but like working his way into situations manipulating people around him yeah. and, is the and, pacing as fast yeah because in this uh, movie it's pretty quick the pacing really once it gets going it, it picks up fast in and Nightcrawler like, uh no, uh, in this good one. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nightcrawler is maybe a little bit more measured. Yeah. I think there's a little more like peace and valleys in Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. But this like Just once goes. Robert Pattinson really gets himself into deep trouble, it's it, well, it it's pretty much after the um, there there's like the which if you've seen the trailers there's like the heist scene, right? They rob a bank. They rob a bank, and then like after that it's just like. You know, it's going. The movie's moving. Right. It's just going. You know, they like, rob a bank and, it and goes everything, bad. and it goes bad immediately. Well, it goes bad pretty immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, and you know, again, like shout out to like, um, even though maybe there are times where I feel like, as much as I love the music and like the way it's filmed, sometimes it feels a little at odds with like the actual action of it the movie. Feels out of place. Yeah, yeah, because you have a like a pretty like dark gritty movie yeah that is it's almost like the music is a little bit anachronistic like it's like not quite it doesn't fit but I feel it, like they had a few different really choices well. for soundtracks and you're like this one's good but like it could have easily been like 
mostly a rap soundtrack, or like maybe even more of a score, or could have like, been anything. But I think yeah. because it's it's maybe a little bit out of character for the kind of tone that this movie has. It lends to the um, how anxiety inducing the movie is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, it definitely works. Did you ever see uh, the wrestler? Yeah. It reminds me a lot of like the like the the close up behind the back shots that the wrestler has. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just like so many scenes where you're really following someone, right? And I love how Robert Pattinson like turns out to be like our our main character. Like, right. I really like that he is actually the person you're following. He's your protagonist for better or for worse. But like, right. you like kind of have to be on this ride with him, even though you're just like, I don't know. He's constantly being a piece of shit. Like Always. everything he does yeah. is pretty deplorable and like you know as the movie progresses you're like well maybe he's just like he's on the wrong way he's like on the wrong path but he's trying to do good and then you know by the time you get to the end of the movie you're just like no, no he's, you're just he's, a, he's you're just a selfish a bad piece dude. of shit yeah yeah, yeah he's very you're much a bad dude piece of shit. and it, it gets to the point where he loses i think sight of what his motivation was in the first place I mean, I almost I almost forgot about it right. in the movie because so much is happening there's so many characters he meets and then kind of like different story beats coming up that you almost kind of forget what is the inciting incident for the movie. Right, you know? right. Um, which I think could be, you know, it's weird because I do think a lot of, you know, when we get into spoilers, I have some critiques of the movie that I think could go either way where it's like, this is a critique I have of the movie that I don't know if it works or it's like, no, the movie's trying to do this to kind of elicit this like potentially disruptive kind of chaotic uh motif to it right and I, I mean i think it's something that won't work for everybody no but that's a24 too exactly yeah. and a24 <laughs> is is willing to make risks like that for their movies yeah i mean i think a24 has become the studio that is like you saw that trailer right movie's not gonna be like that it's gonna be cool that's but it's not the, probably not gonna pitch. be very much like that trailer yeah but you can get into it uh the trailer is enough to get you into in the it. seat and yeah. then once you're there, I mean, how many times has A24 put out a movie like that? What was it? It Comes at Night when we it saw It Comes the, at Night. We the saw witch. the trailer and we're like, this might be a more traditional horror movie. And yeah. then you get into it and you're like, nope. And then Everything Peace that came out after that was like how that subverts the sort of marketing that you have to do for yeah. a horror movie. And I think this is probably the same way. Like, this is – I from the trailers that I saw before this – because we saw the trailer before it was a while ago. I forgot. What was it? Like a it was a ghost it. story and go and good time were the two trailers before a different A twenty four movie that we saw. I don't remember. Shit. Ingrid Goes West is an A twenty four, right? Is it? I don't think I so. I don't think so. No. Um What about the what about Bad Batch? No? No, Bad Batch is uh No, I'm just naming movies that seem interesting. Yeah. Bad Batch <laughs> is uh what are they? They've got the neon sign. Oh, uh, I don't know. This is why we need Steel Trap Memory and Mike Burge. Steel Trap Memory and Mike Burge. Yeah. Tommy um. Lee Jones, Two-Face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really, like, I, I did, now the more we kind of, like, are talking about it and I, I've had a chance to breathe. Uh, I do, I do really like the movie, but I definitely am going to have, like, my, my fair share of, like, criticisms for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, do you want to kind of dive into spoiler territory here yeah we can do that let's uh we'll do a quick break yeah do a plug and then we'll uh we'll be right back with the the spoilers but you know if you haven't seen the movie yet definitely recommend it yeah Yeah. i would recommend it i I enjoyed it it's super Um, good it is like i said it is 
maybe not what I was expecting entirely, but if you were but looking that's what's for kind of cool about yeah, it. it's cool yeah. if you're looking for a very harrowing crime thriller with this a kick-ass soundtrack and a really really solid performance from mm. Robert Pattinson and some really solid performances by Everybody. by all the the secondary yeah. characters, the supporting. Well, there's so well. many characters where it's just like you're not like an actor and like you're killing it right now, right? You know? And they're they're great. I mean, we looked yeah. up the cast on IMDb and Buddy Duress yeah. was. A, probably one of the more major supporting characters. Yeah. Um, and like I, he doesn't exist. No, it's we like can't find him on IMDb. Yeah, we, we couldn't weird. figure it out. So yeah, definitely recommend seeing this movie. Uh, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. All right, we'll be right back after a break. everyone and thanks for listening to another episode of hot takes i'm just going to take a minute here to plug another podcast that we have on the horizon cathode raycast hosted by one bernadette gorman uh this time she's tackling the handmaid's tale with a couple guests uh and i'm sure it's going to be great so check it out all right now back to the show and we're back with more hot takes we're having a good time a good that's the name of the movie. Uh, so now I guess feel. we'll uh, we'll hop into some plot specific spoilers details. What we thought. Mm. What'd you think? Liked it. Um, liked it. Liked Done. it. End liked of podcast. It. I liked all the the music. Upload and, to SoundCloud. And the Sprite bottle of acid. Yeah, that, that was, was fun. Cool. Okay, so I mean, more specifically, mm-hmm. I guess where we were coming from with how this movie actually flows and I think how this movie was not what I expected it to be right. is the brothers basically Nick is not in this movie like almost at all. Yeah, I mean it kind of like makes sense. Well, I mean not to say it makes sense but he's probably like directing most of the time. Sure, yeah. Um which is like kind of funny to think about cuz he is like the one of the directors of the movie, him and his brother. But uh yeah, he's really only in maybe the first half hour of the flick yeah barely and then he's out yeah um but he's good in what he's in i mean it is i can't really now like imagine a plot where his brothers like would have been in the movie more than like well like you know in the current setup like if he was more in the movie he just would have gotten his ass kicked in prison and he would just be on the phone right you know but they they remove him from the plot of the movie very swiftly yeah uh, which is fine and I mean I think like the movie works for the story it's trying to tell it, that's just not the story I thought it was going to tell no not which at all. is also fine like yeah. it totally subverted my expectations but uh, which is always a good yeah cool. definitely um, but that was interesting because I definitely thought this is going to be more like family drama kind of thing which it winds up being it is still technically. and it wraps around to that and I think we'll probably get there eventually but mm-hmm. I do think the way that they tie that back in with the ending was yeah. a pretty powerful moment I think so as well. Um, I really, yeah, and just like to kind of like just talk about like specific moments that I really liked was uh, when the when the bag first starts like oozing the ink. Oh yeah, in the car, like right. that was really cool. So they had just they just robbed, robbed the, bank. the bank, and like their bills have, um, I guess most like bank bills have like a ink. It's like an ink, yeah. It's like, like an ink bomb kind of thing, yeah. yeah. Um, and theirs goes off, and like the cab driver crashes, and they have to like run away, and they're covered in. Ain't they're like marked essentially, right? And uh, the scene where they're in the bathroom, just trying to wash it off, but like his brother also like 
kind of becoming a liability in their kind of escape right. in a way, and that was right. really like interesting to see. And I mean, he is. They address that he's he's mentally handicapped, and right. and uh, Connie is bringing him along as a partner in crime for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he's only capable when things are going right, and you see him very quickly, like when things are not part of the plan. He when yeah. early on when they are kind of they they get away for the most part and they are laying low and just trying to walk down the street and yeah. they get approached by cops just because they are walking down the street with hoodies on they look shady yeah the brother just Bolts. nick just takes off yeah because he he's afraid and he's he doesn't mm. realize to just be cool yeah um and that's how it gets and that's how that's end. basically yeah. the inciting incident of him getting arrested definitely winding yep. up in prison and then Connie spending the rest of the movie trying to get Nick out of prison. Yeah. Um, which, did you buy that? Like, I mean, they set it up early in the first pre-title um, card. Yeah. That Connie really cares about Nick, that they have this, like, loving relationship, that Connie is sees His himself family. as Nick's caretaker. Yeah. Like, as I said before, the grandmother kind of is not really in the picture because she's a lot older. And they also say that uh, Nick has had outbursts as mm-hmm. well and has been violent because he's a big dude. Right. Um, and I don't know via the rest of the movie whether I buy Connie as actually a guardian figure for Nick so much as... It's hard to say because he does go to the hospital... And even though he scoops the wrong guy, he is trying to escape very harrowingly with Nick. Right. You know, he is trying to get him out of there. And, right. like, he risks his life. But, like, also you have to think about it, it's like, you're kind of risking both your lives. Right. Um, also, that's the only, like, real, <laughs> super unrealistic part of the movie where it's like, he's going to unplug Homeboy from all these things right. and just yeah. walk out right. of the hospital. I think hospital. probably a nurse would be alerted if the if, heart like, rate monitor Yeah, like, flat. it was so loud. Which, I mean, I also... The counterpoint to that, though, I really like that scene because it's like another loud, disorienting scene. Like when right. the heart monitor goes off, it's like blaringly loud, right? And it's super intimidating. It's and he's trying to sneak out of this hospital room, and the yeah. music is is like really kicking Blaring, up, and yeah. and the whole thing just it just gets your pulse going, which mm-hmm. is what a good thriller should do. Absolutely. But I think it's also the like kind of reckless abandon that Connie approaches just about every situation he gets. He doesn't himself. think anything. Through. He just goes for yeah. it. He just kind of rushes in, like even when he just rushes into the hospital, breaks in, and he does like finesse his way. He is a con man, like he's a fast through. talker for he, sure. He is conning everybody that he runs into. Yeah. Um, Connie, Connie, which is fun. Like seeing yeah. him con everybody, like take on, like fake. He's just constantly lying. Yeah, which is why I. And remiss to even accept his care for his brother. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say. I I, I think it could go either way. I mean, even when you get to the end of the movie, it seems like, you know, Nick is better off without his brother. Right. He's Definitely. in a better environment. Yeah. And uh, what is it? His uh, therapist, right? Right. Um, is just like, well, you know, Connie is exactly where he should be. Right. Which you assume is jail. And because he gets arrested at the end of the movie, and you're exactly where you should be. So getting help because, from professionals. Yeah, because like realistically, you know, the real thing. If Connie really cared about his brother, if he just turned himself in, he wouldn't have to get ten grand to get his brother out. Right. He would. That would have gotten his brother out because exactly. he would have been like, my brother's mentally handicapped. 
I'm the one who manipulated him to do this. Right. It's my fault. Take me, not him. And they say that to Nick as well yeah. when he's being interrogated by uh, a lawyer in the beginning. It's like, says, I don't think you are as guilty as you think you are. Right. Yeah. Because they can identify that he's mentally handicapped and chances are he he's not responsible. But he probably, for even in that moment, he's confused right. and like is hinting at like... Well, you know, Connie said this, or my brother said this. Why are you worried about my brother? Right. If it's not about my brother, why are you talking about my brother? So he's, you know, he's smart enough to know right. that something's up. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I guess that kind of, I think that in a way answers the answers the question. Because also, like, even when um, Connie's, when they're in the security guard's uh, house, when they kind of, like, swap into his home. And, right. And uh, he's trying to sell the bottle of acid that they found to uh, the, the gangster that knows... What's his name? Ray. Um, Buddy DeRose's character. Who You know who that is? Who is that? Necro. Do you know who Necro is? is he's the... like he's like an internet rapper. Cool. That is like <laughs> known. I, I mean, I suppose internet rapper. He's not like a Tumblr rapper, I guess. I don't really know that much about him. I don't want to ever meet All I know is rapper. he writes very, very lewd <laughs> hip-hop music. Okay. So. Well, I like his big fluffy jacket. Yeah, there's, big, there's a lot of big jackets. A lot of big. Oh, there's like there's a moment where Robert Pattinson and... is like he's, it's like every time he's like I ran away from this police officer and I put on another big coat so yeah. he can't find me. It's like then I ran away from this one, I put on a bigger coat. Right. He's just wearing big coats the whole time. Right. But um, when he so we know he needs ten thousand dollars and when he's selling the ass, he's like I want fifteen. Right. And, you know, so like you know maybe like you could analyze that as well he's gonna lose all that money he needs something to run away with. Right. Logically, or it's like maybe he's just trying to get ten grand. To figure well, it's out, you know like, the greed that gets them in the beginning as well. Because yeah. even when they're heisting the bank, mm-hmm. the teller very quickly gives up I all can that only money. Give you this, and yeah. then they're like, "No, give us more money." Yeah, and she goes in the back, and they let her just walk to the back out of their sight. And of course, she's going to do some shit back yeah. there. Like she's probably going to call the cops for one because you don't know that she's not calling the you cops. You don't think back you there. don't think the bank teller in New York City gets trained how to handle these situations? Right, exactly. Like, yeah. Um, which I if hate they those just masks take, they're wearing, they're upsetting. They're terrible. Yeah, they're they're I hate the masks. Yeah, if I was a bank teller and somebody walked in wearing that mask and asked me to give them the money, I probably would. I would give them the money. Very creepy looking. Yeah, and you have to be sweaty under just, those. Just just realistic enough to be like really like. They're, uncanny and they're scary. They're so realistic with the yeah. mask. They just can't like move their mouths. Right. It's just it was gross. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I think Connie's character, you know, I think I think kind of I think there's a good in him, there's like a light, but it's like under too much shit and we're seeing this character that you know, he has a moral compass, but it's, like, totally out of orbit. And yeah, like, I don't even know, man. I don't even know it's if hard they, to say. they demonstrate that he does have that moral I think comp- when, compass. when Nail's the, the... What's the final nail in the coffin for me is when he kisses uh, right. uh, Talia's character, who's, like, this 16-year-old girl. Right, she says, he, I'm six. He asks her how old she is. Yeah, she's like, I'm 16. And and when they're watching TV and his, like, mugshot comes up, he just, he like... Just Starts making out with her. Kisses her, which is, like, one thing if to, like, distract her. But then immediately is like, nah, no, I'm going to go all no, the way No, we're going to go bang. Yeah. Which is like, dude. I hate it. I hated it. And also he's he's dating um, Jennifer Jason Lee, who 
he doesn't seem to really have any sort of actual affection for no, her. No, no, he's using he, her for money. He uses her to yeah. use... He, he goes to her to use her mother's credit card, mm-hmm. and he wants to put ten, this $10,000 bail... It's just a few thousand dollars. Yeah, few thousand he dollars. tells her a few thousand dollars, and it winds up being ten. He's the, like, manipulator that is constantly yeah. lying to get what he wants. That's, um, like, that's the kind of predator he is. He's, like, this worm, you know? Right. Like, that's... He just kind of symbiotically pulls from people which is why it reminds me of nightcrawler a lot yeah. because that is very much about uh you know using tragedy like the film is about the people news who, reporting yeah. yeah well not even that but the people who like so, wait around for uh, some shit to happen and are, are the first people on the scene to film it like mm-hmm. if it's a shooting or or any kind of violence or like a fire or a, an accident like they're the first ones there so right. they can get the shot and sell that to news companies. Mm. So yeah, so taking advantage right. of situations. Yeah, and um, yeah. Oh my god, my brain is not giving me any names today. What Ooh. the main character in Nightcrawler? Oh, uh, um, the Prince of Persia. Robbie, we fucking suck. Jake at this. Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Thank you. Brain fart. The Prince of Persia. Yeah, the Prince of Persia. <laughs> his his most famous role, mm-hmm. the Prince of P- Persia. What he doesn't want to um, remember. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is a manipulator in that movie. He is yeah. a he is a con man. He is fast talking his way in and out of situations right. and getting people to do exactly what he wants them to do. Mm. So it's very similar, I think, in that way. Yeah, you should see that movie. It's pretty good. It's I've, I've and I think it's on Netflix. It. Yeah, it's either on Netflix or Game on Prime, but I yeah. can, I have access to those. Um, yeah, like the way that uh, Robert Pattinson, like he, when he's in that woman's house, and like he's just he just is infiltrating and infecting everywhere right. he goes. Yeah, you know, he's he's a parasite, and he's playing off people's kindness towards him. Yeah, and like you know, I, I hate to like kind of like say his character so bad, but there, he has no redeeming quality, and like like he. Is taking advantage of everyone. Even when he run, runs into, um, I love the the monologue he has when he, him and Ray are in the security guard's house, and he's like, he's like, you came here, and you started drinking because you're a fuck up, like you're a fuck up. Right. And it's like, yeah, you're way better than him. Like, right. he's he's talking about himself almost. Like, right. And that's what I was getting at before. He has this like complex that he's better. Yeah. Because even though he is constantly fucking up. Mm-hmm. And constantly getting himself into worse and worse situations. He literally stole the wrong convict from the hospital. Right. Like, he he yeah. goes to bust his brother out of the hospital and gets the wrong guy. Yeah. But part of my, like, uh, excuse me. And what does he say? Oh, I fucked up. Oh, no, it's the hospital's fault. Yeah, the hospital's fault. Did that. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not, you idiot. Well, that's like, what he's telling yeah. uh, the, the young girl. Mm-hmm. Because he's lying to her, and then the whole time she's just like, "What about your brother?" Well, she cares about him getting his brother because that's his story, you right. know? and that's something that she she's like, I, "I care about that. Like, I care about you when getting your brother back." But yeah, it's hardly what matters. I mean, he it, it, it works out for the last act of the movie, propelling that action. But I do think it was a little weird, like um, when Ray has his like flashback monologue about him trying to remember oh, what's happening. That to was him. so weird and fun. It was fun, but I it felt very out of place. Yeah, I you know. I think this movie has a low key sense of humor that is really fun. Like, yeah. it, there were some moments where we found ourselves just laughing at we're like, just like okay, <laughs> just this sort of like tone and pacing is like just it's a very serious thing that's going on, but like it's just weird enough yeah. that, especially with the music being feeling really out of place, that it's just like. 
you can't help but stop and laugh. I think some of the, some of the, the they have some of this disjoint the disjointedness has to be kind of a part of some like greater kind of like purposeful discourse that is like playing to the film. Like yeah. I, I think that they very much know what they're doing. Um, but I did think it fell out of place because it's like we're in like kind of this middle of the movie. We're having this this uh, basically the the acid is a major part of the la- of the second half of the movie. Right, is the search of the acid because yep. it becomes like. Well, the acid could lead to ten thousand dollars, which would lead to me getting my brother out of prison. Right. Um, but uh, just the, kind of the way that the 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 acid ex machina enters yeah. the movie is a little um, clumsy. Yeah, I think. but it it does definitely. I mean, it it's clumsy, but it's fun in the way that just like all of a sudden they're just sitting in a White Castle parking lot. Yeah, and this that guy, seems great. this fucking guy that he picked up at the hospital, he got the wrong, he busted the wrong guy out of the hospital. Yeah. Tells this long story about how I remember. I don't remember what happened to me, but, but I remember. I, actually, but I remember, remember every, every single one of these details. Like literally yeah. everything. I was really fucked up, man. I was on acid and wasted, and yeah. I just got out of jail yesterday. But I mm-hmm. remember everything pretty clearly. Actually. It's funny because I, I really do. I really like that scene. Yeah, it's just in the context of the whole movie. It's like that's when you're like, aren't you still trying to save your brother? Right. But that could be very much on purpose as right. well. You know. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird it's movie. A weird it's movie. definitely out there and different and unlike anything I've seen this year. I feel like when they were shooting that movie, it became very different than when they were like editing it and putting it all together. Maybe. You know? Yeah, maybe. Um, but I think for the better, I like I do like I I really like this very stylistic movie that um it's it, the style is very at odds with like what's happening, but it kind of creates this like really weird storm. That's right, like really cool. But it's all yeah. It's very well written and acted characters also yeah. in this very stylish movie. Definitely, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I was into it. Any other other thoughts? Well, I mean, if we want to like talk more about the ending, I think showing Nick, you know, after Connie gets busted eventually, yeah. right? Things mm-hmm. escalate, which. That whole scene in the... So crazy. Well, the whole scene... Yeah, I, I, we should talk about We that. should talk about yeah, We should yeah. go back. I have yeah. more to say. Um, the whole scene at the amusement park... It's so cool. It's so good. That's like... Yeah. Like, it's a good... I mean, when he tells the story about losing the acid at mm-hmm. the amusement park, that is a fun way to get them into that into amusement, the amusement park, park and have that be, like, a backdrop for part of the third act yeah that's what reminds me that's like so a24 though of a movie like that, that reminds me of um uh the guest and things like that or just like movie like it's almost very halloweeny because they're in like the halloween ride of the amusement park right. like kind of like the like horror ride basically but um it is a lot like the end of the guest yeah a yeah. little bit uh, but it's just not like a horror school dance right. um but it's cool i really that is a really cool backdrop uh, I love the idea of him putting on the security guard's outfit and just kind of like doing that, and then making that security guard drink all the acid in the world. Oh my and just god! Ruining his life forever. That guy is never going to be the same. No, he just poured acid down his throat. That's like that's like a thousand dollars of acid. Just like well, you're not going to. You'll never anything. be the same. <laughs> yeah, bye. Yeah, your mind is broken forever. See ya. Yeah, I really, I do really like that part of the movie. Um, it's just so weird because it's it's so different from like the beginning part of the movie. Right. The movie very much kind of feels like two distinct chunks. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. I'm it is it. cool. I I really like all the places that the movie goes. You know, the yeah, hospital yeah. being at the 
uh, older woman's house where he meets. I hate it. I hate the house. It's so oh, claustrophobic man. and dirty. And everything about stress me out. Yeah, everything about all the settings of this movie stressful are inducing stress. Whether it's the clinical setting of the hospital mm-hmm. or showing Nick in jail. Like the, yeah. the first scene with him in jail where He's there's, the there's a, him well, there's a fight that? in his cell. Like yeah. the minute he gets put in a cell and they just pepper spray basically the whole cell mm-hmm. and he winds up getting pepper sprayed for no reason. Yeah. Which for him must just be the most. The worst. Well, yeah. the worst, but also the most like confusing, upsetting, like why mm-hmm. is this happening to me? Yeah, sort of feeling. They captured like that chaos well, um, but that's another scene that really speaks to kind of what we talked about earlier, like the claustrophobia mm-hmm. that the movie has a lot because you know the camera's just close on everybody yeah. in this like Using small cell. Those really know? tight shots make it feel very claustrophobic. Definitely, yeah. Um, but how do you how do you feel about uh, the way Ray dies at the end of the movie? I mean, that movie ends in a way that I did not expect it because, like, he just walks like, away and then it's, it's kind of done. Over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's just kind of done. I mean, and they show the whole scene. It's of, like a rat in the maze kind right. of thing. It's so interesting, right? Um, Connie getting arrested is just this aerial shot of him yeah. being chased by the cops from it. Ray's perspective, mm-hmm. and then you get Ray trying to escape from the cops, and it goes back to Connie's perspective, and you see Ray crawling out the side of the building because he he's up in a high rise apartment, and he just drops. Yeah, and it's brutal. Oh yeah, yeah, just splat. Yeah, like. yeah. No, I liked it. I liked how how it almost seems like neat at the end. It's like, well, the movie is ending now. I guess it's neat, but, but it's, it's also it there's, there's it not a lot of works. fanfare to that kind of stuff. Like yeah. it just happens. Yeah, I, it's, it's cold good. almost. Yeah, but you know these characters are bad people. They shouldn't be glorified. You know no. they shouldn't be treated like heroes. Which brings to the ending where uh, Nick is free from jail because Connie was arrested and yeah. probably took the fall for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And and um, Nick's social worker does say to him, "Your brother did the right thing yeah. by taking the blame, um, so so that you could go free." Which is maybe the one redeeming thing that Connie does. It's the thing you should have done from the beginning, but for he, sure. he spent the whole movie trying to figure out how not to. Well, we would have a lot less interesting of a movie if uh, Connie had just like, gone it was me. I'm sorry. Right away. But, um, <laughs> then you get the scene of Nick joining this group, therapy group, Yeah, where he is... Uh, what's the exercise? So he's... They, uh, it's the across people... the room. It's like a social game, oh, I okay. suppose. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, you know... There, he is. He is with like group therapy, basically, yeah. with other mentally handicapped people, mm-hmm. and like you see him slowly, kind of. This is yeah. as the credits are rolling. Yeah, a very effective way to keep you in the scene. Very effective. Yeah, I like and the that way a lot. that he he's standing there and she's starting to play the across the room game. Yep. Like across uh, the room, if you, the, the game is, you know, you stand at one side of the room and then she says, "Oh, if you like candy, cross the room," and then. So basically, the, the more truths or more things that are exactly true to you, you start to sort cross. of like a never ever ever sort of thing. Yeah, but less but, like teen girls trying to kiss sure. for the first time. Yeah, or teen me. Um, but as she's like going through this, she says, "Oh, have you ever lied? Yeah. Do you have a problem with your family? Do you have you ever had a problem with and a he family starts, member? Like, and that's doing the first it. time he crosses the yeah. room. And it's through that you're kind of getting the exposition of like from Nick's perspective." his relationship have you ever done something stupid have you ever lied and like nick kind of coming to terms with as while he's part of this group therapy Mm -hmm. 
coming to terms with his relationship with his brother and the maybe manipulative relationship that they had. Yeah. And kind of maybe starting to figure out, like, yeah. no, this was wrong. Which is a scene that's an emotional path of a scene that's playing, that's happening during, during the, the credits. credits. Yeah, it was super. I remember, like, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the rest of this. Yeah, we sat there yeah. and we watched the whole credits. Yeah, because they, it was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the movie's super good. I, I definitely am glad we talked. I mean, obviously, because we had to do the show, but I'm glad we talked about it because it helped me kind of. You, 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 you come off that room, dude. You come off that ride. And it's just, it is you're a like, ride. your hands are shaking. You're like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's thriller. Crazy. It's a thrill ride, and it definitely is yeah. effective in making you feel very uncomfortable Not and good very. At all. Yeah, it's a harrowing movie to watch. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Any so, other closing thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. I really dug it. Um, definitely, definitely was not what I expected, and that's all I could ask for. Yeah, same, mm-hmm. same, and that is. I guess it. We should be getting to the point where we start to come to expect the unexpected from A twenty four because it really like <laughs> they are. They subverted what I thought this movie was going to be. Really Definitely, put... the soundtrack was very surprising. Also, I had no idea. The, when we like were in the like the minute the movie starts, it's just like what? Yeah, the fuck? I pulled up. I pulled up before what the name of the uh, electronic artist uh, that did that was, and now of course the that phone's not going to cooperate. It's a well, weird name. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know now. Kill time. Say something funny. Uh, Bobby. I'm a Bobby. That's not funny. That is funny. Someone left. One of our listeners right. did. Maybe. 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 Nope, I lost it. We gotta see. Uh, it's gone. I want to see Ghost Story still. I do also want to see Ghost Story. What, yeah. Are there any other big 24 movies uh, coming out this year? One O Tricks Point Never. Sorry, what? That's the name of the artist. One O Tricks. Tricks, no. like the serial. One so one, one O one spelled with letters and then O H okay and then tricks, tricks like the serial okay and then a space point underscore no underscore like it's dot? a space uh nope point like the word P O I N T point okay. never which never. is also a different word so one O tricks, tricks point point never. Never. Yeah. That's the name of one artist. That's the name of the first person who did the soundtrack. I like the more when people would just go by Prince. Yeah, that's easy. When all the singers were like, you just go by Prince now. Well, I mean, he collaborated with Iggy Pop. That's a pretty easy one to remember. That one's way easier than 1-0 Tricks Point Never. But hey. And us. And us. Their name. I'm just Robbie Anderson. And I'm Jack Olszewski. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Oh, God, I'm still hungover from the last podcast we did. I've been on a two-day bender. We've just been watching movies, corn casts. Their time's a charm. I'm not, getting, I'm not drinking too much today. I'm just having this one beer. That's how it starts. My body can't take it. Yeah, that's what I said last night. I'll have one Corona. I'll have one Corona. You did not say you're going to have one Corona last night. No, I said let's get fucked up. Mm. And we did. Yeah.